It's Survivor's Friendly Fire Show, episode 212, for like mid-September 2022. Uh, it was supposed to be like an easy, breezy week, and then like two giant publishers dropped live streams on us, so uh, yep. we have stuff to talk about, which is great. I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve Wright. Joining me is uh, finally, finally, someone who gets to talk about his like favorite shooter, uh, Ben Salter. Ben, let's get straight into it. What do you want to talk about off the top of your head? Uh, well, the first thing I actually want to talk about is the Xbox Elite controllers getting a new version and it doesn't have a share button. Are you kidding me, Microsoft? Like, how could they possibly decide to update it? They've admitted that it's still, even though it's the second version, it still has build quality issues. So they said this one's going to be sturdier. It's coming in that Oreo flavor, the black and white, which everything is now. The PlayStation's black and white. The Switch OLED's black and white. The Xbox is black and white. And they said it's not going to break as easy as the original or the Elite version 2. No share button. Even though it does have the button. The profile switch button is the same button, but they won't. They'll let you customize every other button except for that one. God damn it. But I'm going to buy one anyway because my Elite's on the way out. It's like three or four years old. I'll get one. And that works well for you in that particular case because the Elite Core 2, which is what it is, the white one, um, yeah. is like the it's like budget but it's not really budget it doesn't have like the paddles and all the extra bells and whistles that you get with the current elite um, if you decided that it was your first purchase and you wanted all that stuff you can get like a pack that has the rest of it but it's like it turns out to be twenty dollars oh. more um, I guess because like it is a really pretty looking white controller but like in that case you have all the paddles and all the extra stuff likely um, mm. So you don't need to buy that extra expense. Um, you can also, and I've done it quite a bit, um, you can go to like Amazon and find extra like thumbstick replacements and things for like 15 bucks for like a giant stack of them. Whereas like you can go to Microsoft and get like one each for like 60 bucks. So don't do that. Um, the carrying case though is like actually pretty good, especially if you're going to be carting it back and forth and it has like the, the charging stand which is also amazing so like if you don't have that kind of stuff and you're desperate for the white one i i would say buy all the extra stuff there's a way to do it yeah but um if you don't do care about the color just buy the the elite too because it's cheaper it's slightly weird that they didn't put in at least two paddles like the whole thing is you can use the back paddles and that's what makes it different and they didn't give you any so you need to buy in their way the whole like 80 dollar kit to get them as you say you can buy like exactly the same paddles on amazon for like five bucks yeah just do that I think even if you go through like the warranty page on Microsoft, it will let you just buy the paddles if you say my paddles are broken and like there's a way. That's probably a sneaky way to do it, but it's an option uh, potentially. Well, but yeah. if you put in the serial number, I think you have to put oh, in the yeah, serial yeah. number so you wouldn't do it for the white ones. But if you had an old Elite, maybe like even like an old Elite one, like it's the oh, same yeah. paddles. So that would kind of work, I guess, wouldn't it? It's yeah. slightly different size paddles, but the connector is the same. So I... Uh, What's his name? Major Nelson came out and said the uh, the accessories from the Elite 2 will work, of course, because this is an Elite 2 controller. The Elite 1 won't, but that, I've tried it. I've got both the Elite 1 and the Elite 2. The Elite 1 accessories, as far as I can tell, all fit on the Elite 2. Uh, the paddles certainly do. The D-pad thing certainly does. I didn't test the sticks, actually, but I assume that does. Well, don't worry about that too much. Yeah, I've got stacks of... Because I've had a couple Elite 1s and a couple Elite 2s. So I've got like stacks of extra paddles and stuff. I don't really use the paddles, to be honest. I know you're like the hold one down to run kind of guy, right. but like I'm, I feel like I'm just too old and stupid to be able to use paddles very well. Um, but I burn through joysticks 
like the joystick nubs like a, yeah. a madman so and like they're way cheaper on amazon cool. you you can get them through your warranty but it's yeah like it's like that 60 buck thing like i was saying um, anyway, anyway that's our uh, for this week we do have a lot of news to get to let's get to the big news the biggest news of the year steve we've talked about it so many times on this show it seems almost weekly uh golden eye 64 it's finally coming back not quite the version i thought was coming back but a version is coming back hmm. and that is uh that it seems to be both platforms so switch and xbox is the original nintendo 64 game so we don't seem to be getting the remaster that got leaked online last year that Rare or someone did in 2008 for the 360, which allowed you to kind of toggle between new and old visuals. That doesn't seem to be anywhere. Of course, it could be that. Rare only released like four screenshots. Maybe they released like the old version only and they're going to surprise us later with the new one. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the long and short of it is it's happening. The Switch is getting it probably in 720p because that's what all the N64 online games are. And it does have multiplayer, uh, online multiplayer. Of course, it all has split screen multiplayer. The Xbox version does not have any online functionality, but it's up to 4K if your display allows it, native 4K. It has widescreen support, the Switch version does not, and it has updated controls, no mention of that on Switch either. So I'd probably play on Xbox, but if you want to play with your mates online, Twitch is your only option. Yes. There's there's so many things to unpack, and it's like it's it's a weird announcement because it's not very it wasn't very cut and dry about what it is. Like I ended up calling it a remaster, Either. I guess, because like it's it, it's like 4k mm. and stuff on xbox but like it, it could just be so. getting like the boost like or whatever they call it all these like proprietary terms so like it's not a real true remaster and i know after the conversations we've had about the last of us like i'm just asking for it but like let's yeah, put that aside i don't think it is because we again we've already had a remaster it didn't actually get released but it was made in 2008 uh and i would call that a remaster updated visual same gameplay at the um, moment, well, I guess like, there is sort of a way to buy this, but like you can't really buy this version of GoldenEye on, on Switch or Xbox, really, because on Switch, it's part of the Nintendo Switch Online plus Expansion Pass subscription, uh, yes. like all the other 60, N64 games that you can access. On Xbox, it's through Game Pass, or it's if you've bought Rare Replay because it's a rare game. So like I don't think... I don't, I don't think maybe this will change. I don't think you can buy it like standalone. I think you have to either have a sub or buy like all of Rare Replay to get yeah. it. I think that's correct. Rare Replay is like 15 bucks. I would recommend <laughs> buying that just because um, the licensing issues GoldenEye's had has taken years to get this off the ground. Like they tried to release it in 2008, hit problems. I've been trying ever since then to some degree. Wouldn't surprise me if this is the timed thing. At some point, this expires and it just one day disappears off of uh, Game Pass and Nintendo Switch Online. If you own Rare Replay and this is in there, I doubt they can take it away from you from there. It's just something you have. So I would probably buy that if you're worried about that. Um, but yeah, overall, I think great news. So there's, I think, pretty mixed reaction online, I would say. Some about the lack of online, some about Switches online not being as good as it could be but that's all 64 games on switch they've kind of done it in a weird way that works but isn't that great um but yeah i think it's good news overall it's like it's very nostalgia driven um i wouldn't say it's just a nostalgic re-release like obviously that's the target audience if you grew up in the ps3 generation this is not for you like it's for people who play games either this game specifically or perhaps people who played games in this era otherwise it's going to feel super old but if you didn't play the campaign back then, but you did play games, I'd recommend playing it because you will see loads of um, kind of nods to things which are commonplace now, which were new at the time, like objectives in a single player shooter campaign that you could optionally do. 
Uh, that's one of its main things. You up the difficulty, the enemies get tougher, but it also adds more objectives. So you have to explore the map more, which wasn't really a thing that I recall in like the late 90s. So there's actually quite a lot of, of learnings from that point of view. And I think it's worth playing for that alone. Yeah. Well, and it's that weird thing of like, I, I grew up on Goldeneye and it was like, you know, hmm. pile around your friend's house. No one gets to pick odd job because it's cheating, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to try to go back into that mentality like i'd rather play with people on the couch than than an online multiplayer kind of thing um and like it's that weird thing as well as we have all these notions of what the game was when we were kids and like it was perfectly serviceable obviously because we adore it but like if you tried to probably go play it now on a 64 you're probably getting like i don't know like 10 frames if you're all on four player split screen and you know like we've had this conversation about what's happened to halo infinite like the xbox one theoretically isn't powerful enough to kind of like render this for four people on one screen well like if nothing else and this is really just like the 64 game like on modern hardware like that well and like they've said like smooth frame rates like that's not going to be an issue so like you know it'll be like what you remember but in a modern sensibility exactly so we all win really don't we I think you've nailed it. You shouldn't be playing this as if it's a current day game. You should be enjoying how you used to play it with some modern touches, essentially. So uh, a lot of people I know have kind of lamented the fact that there aren't like split screen multiplayer games like this anymore. Games aren't made like this at all. And the few that are are actually like an add-on for an online multiplayer game. So the maps and the weapons and stuff aren't actually designed to be played in floor player split screen co-op. Like, I mean, screen cheating is part of GoldenEye. As much as everyone pretended at the time it wasn't, there's no need for a mini-map because you just you kind of gauge where your other people are, even if you don't intentionally do it. Uh, and that was part of it. Like, it's like memorizing the maps. There's only four players there, so you kind of need to figure out where they are. Otherwise, you can just run around and not see anyone for ages. Yeah. Um, so that's all. Like, it's a different way to play. Modern games just aren't made like this anymore. So it's an experience which you can't get elsewhere. Um, and the, yeah, as you say, the, the main problem that people have playing the 64 version now is one it looks terrible plugging in your 64 to a modern tv in 240p is so blurry and it's, it's hard to play so even just that 90s graphics but rendering natively at 720 on switch or 4k on xbox it's gonna look way better Two, the frame rate you're right it is 10 frames a second golden it's like 10 to 15 frames it's not even that's not a joke ouch um i think digital foundry showed that it maxed out at 15 but it dropped to 10 sometimes occasionally even single digits potentially so that's its problem. Remembering at the time that 64 games only targeted 20 frames and in power regions it only targeted 17. So like if this is going up to 60 on Xbox, that's going to be a huge difference, especially if it's locked. And that's what they said. They didn't actually say 60. They said stable. So yeah. We're not going to get super big. I'm going to assume it's going to be smooth, 60. smooth frame but rates. I think they said. That's, but yeah. that's the main thing. Don't I, don't think 12, I don't think 16 or 17 or 20 is, is considered no. smooth anymore. So that's good. At least it's not wild. Although I don't actually know how that works on Switch. If the original ROM can only do, was like capped at 20, can that go beyond the cap or is it stuck at 20? I don't know. But anyway. Well, but like that's part of, I don't know if this is what's happened, but like, and I guess it's probably come into the f- equation when we're talking about rare replay games. Like, there are games that were capped on Xbox yeah. that have been uncapped to take, to take advantage of the hardware. So, like, you'd assume that rare... Certainly Xbox can do that. Yeah. I don't know if the Nintendo Switch Online emulator allows it. Uh, because, like, that Switch version is going to be 4 by 3 whereas the Xbox version is going to be native widescreen. So, um, some different terms being thrown around. Some just saying that the ROM is just going to Xbox as well, but it's clearly a port. Like, the, the Switch is just running the N64 ROM in its emulator. Yeah. Simple as that. It, we've seen that happen with a bunch of 64 games. It must have been ported 
to some level to Xbox, even if it's the same visuals, the same code. I assume Rare has a source code, but they may not. A lot of a lot of those games from the '90s had to be rebuilt because they just no one has it. Um, but yeah, there's obviously some porting because it can go native widescreen now. Um, and the the third thing which makes Goldeneye so hard to play is the controls. One, because nobody has four working N64 controls, and if you do, you're a maniac for not having destroyed them. <laughs> if you have one, you're a maniac at this point. That's yeah. not like the Nintendo Switch Online like re-release, but anyway. That's right. Um, but also, it's a it's a single-stick shooter, and at the time, it was quite revolutionary to play like that, but now it's just hard for your brain to get around it. And, you know, fun fact, the GoldenEye did have a twin-stick mode where you could hold two 64 controllers and use the two sticks. Uh you go set up your 64 you can play like that in single player set up your 64 you're too you, maniacs <laughs> come on anyway yeah. actually don't do that as i've just said before <laughs> but being like so obviously that's that's not going to come to the switch version potentially if it still has a way to use that mode and use two of your n64 online controllers that would be pretty awesome um if you could manage to buy two because they're always sold out but the, the Xbox version, at least, is getting modern controls. So that's kind of the other thing that's going to make this playable. You've got frame rate, it's going to look much crisper, and you've got controls that your brain can make sense of. And then I think the, the gameplay with four people in the same house looking at the same screen will hold up enough for a few nights of fun. You're not going to play this for months, but a couple of nights of fun is what you're going yeah. to get. Well, and like, one, if you're a hardcore Xbox or Switch fan, you probably have either of the subscription programs that this is part of so like you you own it air quotes own it anyway Mm. if you're super diehard like you said and you don't own rare replay and you probably do own rare replay if you're a diehard like rare person because they make a lot they well made make sea of thieves isn't my cup of tea but they make and made some good games like you probably already have it so like you it's not like there's a huge cost to entry to to give it a try and like with anything like this in terms of nostalgia, like you're either gonna like just jump back in and feel like you're like right at home in like a comfy blanket, or you're gonna look through the lens of today at it and decide it's awful and outdated and archaic. Like it's that's the risk you run with these kind of things. But I think you probably owe it to yourself to give it a try. But yeah, it's gonna be right there. It's gonna be nostalgic, and you can get achievements on Xbox. So I know that's how I know you're in. <clears throat> well eventually hopefully i don't know when it comes out we don't have a release date but like maybe by the time i'm back from italy and pax is happening yeah. and you're in melbourne maybe like we'll play it on the couch that would be so cool because we're not playing halo unless we do that weird cheat that's true yeah they did say coming soon it's weird they didn't have a release date but then aaron greenberg tweeted or retweeted it to kind of say release date coming very soon because the game is coming very soon or something like that so Weird to not have had a date, considering Nintendo and Xbox both announced today no date. There must be a reason why they haven't announced it. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. I think it's coming pretty soon, so it's probably weeks, not months or years away. Well, good, because as we've talked about many a time, like this has been on your wish list, like, I don't know, since the dawn of time. So you've been a very patient boy, Ben, and you're finally being rewarded for it. Good job. I'm finally going to have some fun. Finally. (laughs) All right, what else happened today? We had two other things. So we had Nintendo Direct. Yeah. This is the first thing which you were up for at midnight, I'm assuming. No, God, no. I I slept. (laughs) I I am old and I don't care. I got up at like 7 in the morning and covered it before the next thing that we'll talk about later. Um, Hmm. Uh, So it was about 40 minutes, 45 minutes, and a pretty good one. We hadn't had a Nintendo Direct for a while. I actually don't think we had a gap that long without a proper full Direct. So they had been sitting on some stuff. Um, it reminded me that Nintendo's got their format pretty down pat. Like I, I like how they do it. 
Um, they probably fill it with a little bit too much old stuff, but they, they bounce it around with some new stuff as well. And I kind of like them. They still have their personalities. Like Miyamoto pops up now and again and has a little bit of a laugh. Probably not as much as when Iwata and Reggie were doing it because they had a bit more banter and rapport with each other. Um, but I like it. It gives a bit more personality than what we see through some other streams. Well, and like the other thing we're going to talk about is Sony came eight hours later with their own state of play. And like that was the thing. Like there's there's no... It's just trailer, 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 and like that edgy female voice, like, oh, wasn't that awesome? It's like, but she's not Australian. I don't know why I made her Australian, but like, <laughs> just like be. bodiless voice, just being like, oh, that was the hypedest thing ever. Next up, here's this thing. Like, okay, cool. Like, you probably just transition to the, the next thing if you're not going to have like an yeah. actual host per se. But, um, yeah, let's we'll get into the, them. yeah, let's get into the Nintendo stuff. I guess the, the biggest thing, obviously, is that Breath of the Wild 2. Is, is not Breath of the Wild 2. It's called Zelda, or The Legend of Zelda, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. So mm. that's a mouthful. And it's coming in uh, May, the 12th of May, 2023. I think we're both big fans of, of the original. Yeah, it's going to be good. It looks a little... Well, we don't really know. They, they still release a very small amount of gameplay. It looks maybe a little bit more contained than Breath of the Wild. So uh, as much as it was a great game, it was a very open space with not a lot happening in between when you were kind of running between things. So... Maybe they've kind of tightened it up a little bit, which would make sense. That's kind of what they did with Majora's Mask. They went a little bit of a different way when they kind of followed it. That was the only other game that's had a direct sequel like this yeah. in terms of mechanics. Um, but yeah, it looks good. There's not really a lot more we can say about it because we don't know. Only well, that it's, it's actually coming out. We've got a date finally. For better or for worse, it's it's far more vertical from the, the look of things. There's at least mm -hmm. like land masses up in the sky kind of thing, which may or may not include you know the need to use your stamina bar to get up somewhere which sometimes was enjoyable in breath of the wild for me and sometimes was an exercise in frustration um but like once you get up to the top of something and you like what is it sail however you're sailing wind oh, sailing yeah. or whatever like that was fun so like i think it'll be good obviously um but yeah like it's that thing of it's we didn't know its name until now it's not too far away but we still don't know a ton about it um I no. guess in the same vein, unless you have more to say about Zelda, I don't know if there is. Um, I don't know anything else. Pikmin Four, same same idea. Like Miyamoto, I went back and looked. Like we had a tag for Pikmin Four, like way back in 2015, because Miyamoto told uh, Eurogamer at the time, like, "Oh yeah, the game's in development, it's almost done." Well, like eight years later, we're getting Pikmin Four in 2023, and like yeah. they didn't even show Pikmin. Well, they did, I guess, because they formed the logo at the end. But like the the whole like selling point of the trailer from nintendo's point of view was like where's the pikmin it's like well, i don't know they, Tell uh, me. they showed their mobile game which no one's playing for way too long <laughs> and then they're like but also a real game's coming uh and that's you know that holds true for both nintendo direct and state of play is that uh a lot of people like they moved to this format instead of the big long e3 conferences with too much banter and too much corporate guys on stage but they've probably gone too far this direction in that we just get kind of trailer tacked onto trailer uh, and yeah. you don't actually really see gameplay because at least with the old stage shows, someone would come up on stage and they'd play the game. And 20 years later, we now hear the stories about how broken it was and how they had to go a very specific way because they were playing the demo live. That doesn't happen anymore. One, this isn't live. And two, they don't really show gameplay. They show trailers, but they don't show someone actually playing the game. Um, and so that's pretty much the tale of everything here. But yeah, Pikmin's cool, mainly because... Um, a bunch of, well, no, one insider who then was quoted by some other insiders, air quotes insiders. They've all been wrong, by the way. They all said we're getting Metroid Prime Remake, didn't happen. The Zelda HD 
games were going to be ported yeah. didn't Wind happen. Waker, Twilight Princess didn't happen. Yeah. And good, like they, good though, to be honest. Like that's it's way too early for those. But beside the point. Sorry. Uh, one of them, one of them said Pikmin Four. Remember that small fire that Nintendo had at their headquarters maybe twelve months ago. Oh yeah, uh, very minor. Uh, one of them said that the Pikmin Four Master Code was lost in that, and that they had to restart or they lost a bunch of work. And then Nintendo basically come out, not announced any of the things which they said were a lock to be announced, and then said Pikmin Four is coming next year. So all bullshit. Did you hear the random rumor? I just saw it like right before we started recording, Ben. Um, like there were rumors that Nintendo was going to do this earlier, but decided not to out of respect for uh, the late, great uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Um, because one of the bosses in the Prime series is like the something queen. They decided it was too on the nose or something. I don't know. I don't know enough about Metroid to really know what I'm talking about. But too much of a stress. That's There's the new no insider thing, which is probably think, just <laughs> below. Yeah, anyway. I can kind of see that they... So they didn't live stream this direct in the UK, uh, but they released the video an hour later and... Sorry, like Nintendo, YouTube is global. You can watch any stream. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Um, I can kind of see now that the fact that Zelda's called Tears of the Kingdom and they didn't want to, you know... I can kind of get that while they didn't oh, live stream. But like, yeah, it I guess, but... Kind of pointless. That queen thing in Metroid, that's nothing. There's no way that's true. Uh, but it doesn't matter because they did announce some new stuff. They announced Octopath Traveler 2, which people were pretty pumped for. They announced a new Fire Emblem coming in January. So they've got quite a bit in that first little window. Yeah. Uh, and then a few remasters that people will probably be into. Kirby's Return to Dreamland, which was a Wii game, is also coming in February. Uh, a lot of Kirby on Switch. So there were two games this year and another one in, within 12 months. It's a new Pokemon, apparently. Yeah. Um, well, and that Kirby game was first on Wii. It's so Dream Return to Dreamland Deluxe is yeah. what the new one is. It's... Uh, a remaster, I guess, yeah. of uh, the Wii Cur- Return to Dreamland, which came out in 2011. So, like, you know, that's 11 years ago. Like, we had this giant conversation about, you know, like, three games in 10 years and stuff. Like, ah, like, I feel like this one's acceptable. I'm not really a Kirby guy, so I don't know if, like, it's good enough to have done. But, like, it's, it's way better than putting out Wind Waker and Twilight Princess again. So, kudos to Nintendo. Well, and because this is actually being remastered to at least the degree of it's now in HD, which it wouldn't have been on the Wii. So there's some work being done to this. Uh, those two Zelda games, as much as I think they should be on a platform which is more accessible, because they're good games, um, you just know Nintendo would just re-release the Wii U games. They wouldn't... I mean, they're now at an age, those remasters, where they probably need remastering again if you're going to re-release them. But they wouldn't. They would just port them over as they are, charge 80 bucks for them. If they double-packed them up, maybe that would kind of be okay, but... Anyway, we digress yes, uh, sorry. back into our remasters conversation. <laughs> well, we should mention Tales of Symphony is getting a remaster. That was a GameCube game. That was a good game, actually. Um, I think that's coming to Xbox and PlayStation as well. And everything else is pretty much Nintendo's usual MO at the moment, which is, remember those games we released over the past 12 months, which were light on content and missing stuff? Well, here's their free update. So that's your Switch Sports is getting its golf. Uh, your Mario Strikers is getting whatever thing it was missing, like... Those games which just felt a little bit light on at launch. And we totally get it. Nintendo's actually getting games out this year while everyone else seems to be delaying. So I kind of see what their strategy was. Um, but now they're kind of backfilling. It's kind of like, here's all the things yeah. which probably should have been there at launch. At least they're free. Well, so like it sounds like you actually watched this direct. Or is that... Yeah, I, yeah, did. I didn't. I, I read the press release. I picked out what I thought was interesting. And, and like 
to be honest, it's probably like half the list that you've prepared for the, the podcast tonight. Um, I think 45 minutes, I think in terms of news, and we'll get into to PlayStation in a second, I think there was probably like equal amounts of news, but PlayStation's was like 20 minutes long. So um, I think a 45 minute direct was probably a little too long in this one's particular case for like what was on offer. Probably. Um, but Half, like, about, probably at least 15 minutes of it was pumping up games that are just about to come out. So like Bayonetta got a pretty big slot. Uh, Splatoon 3 got a pretty big slot. That's just down. That's out, yeah. Um, so like those things kind of fueled up a big chunk of that. You cut them out and it's down to probably 25 to 30, which is probably more what it should be. Switch, I mean, what's it called? Nintendo Switch Online got a little slot of announcing the future games coming, which is where Goldeneye got the least amount of time because it was a little teaser. It was like, here are all the others which are slowly being dreadful over the next year, uh, plus Goldeneye. So, yeah, they could have cut it down, but that said, because I hadn't done one for a while, I can kind of see why they didn't, and they want to drum up sales for their recent or soon-to-be-released games. No Pokemon, though. So, obviously, in the press release, like Zelda was first off the rank. I'm assuming in the in the direct, though, Zelda was the, like the one last thing. It was, no. de- yeah. They didn't even one last thing it. It was just, uh, <laughs> I actually watched the UK version, so the the, the um, direct video, not the live stream, and yep. it had the tags on, you know, when you fast forward on YouTube. So you can, it's actually a great way to rewatch a direct later because you can just skip ahead. One, you can see how long each segment is, and you can kind of guess the small little ones are going to be like Tunic coming to Switch or like something which is okay, but like not exciting. And it says what it is. So as soon as I saw SpongeBob, whatever, skip past that. <laughs> Uh, like, so actually, that's, if, if you're short on time, you can actually get through these directs in about 20 minutes. If you're even shorter on time, you can just go, like, once you find the Nintendo Direct, you can just go to the channel that it's on and just, like, look at the individual, like, 30-second clips and just pick the ones you want to watch. But Which then is kind of what I did. You don't get Miyamoto being like, ah, oh, sorry, please understand, Pikmin mobile game. Uh, like, <laughs> anyway. Well, there you go. There's a lot of, like, there's obviously a lot of things for... For Nintendo fans, for Switch fans to be excited about. Um, like weird stuff as well. Octopath Traveler, I never played the first one, but that was a game that was on... It's on Game Pass right now. It's leaving soon and on mm. Switch. And now they're flipping the script. So Octopath Traveler 2 is coming out on Switch and PlayStation, which to me makes absolutely zero sense. Like it must be that maybe Microsoft and Sony and Sony like with each release are paying Square Enix to like be exclusive. But like... Doesn't that absolutely splinter the player base? Like if someone started on Xbox and now can't access the sequel or like didn't play the first one because they were on PlayStation and then now get the sequel, which like, I guess like you might just want to play because it looks cool, but like you're missing out what happened in the first one. It makes, just have everything on everything, please. Just Just, um, play on Switch is a solution to that, I suppose. You can play everything. Well, well, well put. Uh, anything else from you on the Direct? That's it. Overall, it was good, but the, the biggest announcement was a game from 25-something years ago is coming to Switch. And also, Zelda got a name. Well, yeah, Thanks. but we've been hearing about Zelda for years, and we still don't know. Yeah. We know we know the name now and the release date, which is at least something, but not much. It was like everything else we've been talking about on this show for the whole year. It was when you set your expectations at the right level, pre- or post-COVID, uh, and understanding that there's not going to be those big blockbuster announcements that we've had a few years ago, I think it was a pretty good one. So you need to kind of temper those expectations. And moving into the next show, set your expectations at the same level. And I think that was a pretty good one as well. Yeah. Um, state of play, much shorter. So it was about 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Um, 
I, I do think harder to follow them than Nintendo Direct because, as you say, they just have that voiceover and it doesn't have the the same flow. Like it's this is what we were asking for years ago. Like just go game, game, game. That was like when Xbox used to get out there and they used to chat too much about nothing and have the dorky people up there and, and roll awesome. out the real life car because it's Forza. Like, yeah, okay, thank you. And we'll, and then PlayStation would just be like game, game, game. Um, well, do that Xbox, do that Nintendo. I think Nintendo's got the better combo now. I think PlayStation's gone too far. And as I say, they kind of just feel like they're stitching trailers together because there's no real gameplay. Yeah. Um, it's it's fake trailer gameplay, not gameplay, not real gameplay. And the weird um, thing, sorry, the weird thing about that as well is it kind of did the, the like game awards thing of like if you kind of, if you were writing something up or you weren't like fully paying attention, we're kind of like looking up and down, like some of the games like really bled in to one another and you're like, oh, is this, is this the same one or is this a second one now? Like what is it uh, a samurai thing? Is this Assassin's Creed? Like it's, there's a lot of like yeah. sameness happening, which is really kind of annoying to be honest but anyway i cut you off yes. sorry i would agree that would be the theme of the state of play it's it's very similar genre very similar color pal uh, palette um and that did make it hard to follow but we'll probably the same as we did for nintendo we'll start at the end because they finished with uh, with a controller <laughs> with a controller yeah for <laughs> so a ragnarok and also a, some gameplay well gameplay teaser like it wasn't a real story gameplay, trailer which was a lot of cinematics but we like the yeah. gameplay is going to be kind of what we expect but ps5 versioned from 2018 god of war so like i'm okay with that and it was compelling it, look, it looks pretty it looks very good uh good way to finish i would say that i mean like nintendo finished with a game we knew about but they gave it a name they gave it a release date so at least they had some information I suppose Sony gave us and a custom controller's coming. Like there wasn't really new information, which makes it a little bit of a strange way to end. Like maybe it would have been a better thing to start on. Um, but it looks yeah. awesome. I think this is probably without having played it at all. So this is baseless speculation. This is probably Elden Ring's serious competition for game of the year. Like, yeah. Can't remember another year where a game that came out two months into the year, I pretty much thought had just had locked in game of the year already and nothing's going to beat it. And to this point, I still believe that. Uh, but this is probably its competition. So it looks awesome. Uh, if you haven't managed to snag a PS5 yet, I hope you can get one in the next couple of months because I, I don't think you want to be playing this on a PS4. Uh, it just seems like that we're reaching that level of cross-gen where you can play it on the last gen, but you really want that proper experience on the current-gen hardware. So yeah. it looks awesome. Oh, man, like that, the jellyfish thing that was like coming up from, I don't know, like the horizon like up into the sky like there's so many cool things just like whoa and it's it's certainly not just going to be a rehash of of 2018 like it's like different enemies different settings like different characters like everything about it was really really good the one kind of nitpick i had i think is that all of the voice actors are so good like from the snippets that you hear but then whoever is kind of like doing the the prepubescent or like in puberty now i'm not even sure like atreus like just really hit a, the wrong way for me like it's it's like that child actor who's trying to keep up with the actors around him but like is really not um and i don't know if like i don't know what you thought of it but like i, I watched it a couple times and it just kept hitting me that same way each time and i'm like oh i hope it's like it's just a weird snippet that this is and not like indicative of his entire performance because it like kept pulling me out a bit especially when everybody else around atreus including what's his name christopher judge was like so good at what they were doing so like i hope it's not like they couldn't just find a kid actor good enough or something did you yeah. did you get that at all or is that just me uh not really but i was i was watching it over my morning coffee so as you say when you like it all blends together when you're not 
giving it 100% of the attention. But like the, the whole trailer grabbed me. Um, I think probably it's hard to judge off of like a two minute cinematic trailer. So we need to play the game. It depends what he does in the game. If it's mm -hmm. one of those like companion characters who's always like, maybe come over here. Like then I don't think they've got the right voice actor for that. But the, the first game wasn't really that. So I think it should be. Yeah. Shut up. Stop talking and turn day into night, I guess, with an arrow. That was cool. Was that what he did? Something like that. It, it, it's super compelling. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, so they, yeah, well, they pretty much just said, this is coming November, remember? Uh, so, yeah, strong way to finish, but they obviously didn't have much new to announce kind of of that scale. So I can see why they did put it at the end. They, they're they big hitter. There's nothing bigger than God of War for Sony in the next year that we know about. So that's why that was there. Um, to bookend it on the other side of State of Play was Tekken 8. Yeah. So they kind of showed that. That's also coming to Xbox. And I think the, the biggest part of it was it doesn't seem like it's cross-gen. seems to be PS5 and series consoles only, which is good Confirmed news. via press release. That Ooh. is the case. Um, it, strong start, too. And, like, it's it's really kind of, like, obviously it's coming out on multiple platforms, but it's really, like, asserting, to, to some extent, like, Sony's really trying to push for, like, the fighting game space. Like, they, they own Evo. They are really, like, kind of leading with, the marketing and stuff on Street Fighter 6 as well like they they're making a concentrated effort to be like play fighting games on our platform and hopefully it's like cross platform and cross play and stuff and like it doesn't matter so the player base isn't being splintered but like Sony is clearly trying to to push into that space and i think that's starting with this is like really indicative of that as well i think that's fair enough i mean they if i'm going to play a fighting game to be honest it's going to be smash bros so that's where i'm playing but uh otherwise i kind of think of playstation as the fighting console like i would street fighter tech and i all think playstation 4 now so they, if that's what they've tried to do they've at least achieved that in my mind uh but i'm not a huge fighting game player so that's just where i see them that's where i would play them um but tekken we should yes reiterate it is multi-platform so yeah. as much as sony has the marketing deal it doesn't really matter i don't really care who gets the marketing deal sony and xbox seem to be so like we need to be the one who has our logo on it and we get to announce it in our thing doesn't bother, but like, I know some people are like, well, it must have exclusive content because PlayStation has the marketing rights. And they, they did that for Hogwarts Legacy. They yeah, said like, I was just going to say, thing. I don't mind when they that, do marketing deals, but like, I do mind when that kind of stuff happens. Um, that annoys me. But and it looks like kind of cool. Like the Hogwarts Legacy thing is like the haunted Hogsmeade. So it's kind of like a little horror story that if you don't have it on PlayStation, you'll get access to it. So that, that sucks. Get away, do away with that. But like, you can keep your other marketing things. You can... You know, if even if the Hogsmeade thing was like two weeks early access to PlayStation and Xbox eventually gets it, like, okay, cool. Yeah, but PlayStation seems to be more into that now, and it's clearly a target, like a strategy for uh, when they don't want to get exclusivity of the whole game because it either costs too much or they can't get it. Um, they're just trying to convince people like you or I, or probably most listeners to this show, uh, who have multiple platforms, get it on R1. Don't get it on PC. Don't get it on Xbox. Occasionally, don't get it on Switch. Get it on PlayStation because you get this one extra mission. And I'm sure it works. Like, the people who don't really... A lot of people do have a preferred platform and one mission won't make a difference, but a lot don't. Like, they just play on either... If you have two consoles or you have a console on a PC or whatever it is, you're happy to play on whatever. So, uh, I can see that. That's why they're doing that. But you're right. It's shitty. Yeah. Well, and, like, I think people... Yeah, people are so established in what whatever they have. Like, I don't know if it's, like, a... A selling point like I don't think if like if I'm like I'm an Xbox person like as much as I'm cool with horror things and I love horror things and like this Hogsmeade thing looks great like if I'm playing I'm gonna play 
Hogwarts on Xbox. Like, it was great when COD had extra special things on Xbox, because, yay, great. But, like, when they move to PlayStation, I'm not like, oh, I'm going to switch to PlayStation for it. Um, so it's, like, I don't know, it just it serves to splinter the what people have in a way that I don't really approve of, but, like, that's what it is. Um, we, we saw more of PlayStation VR 2. We don't know when it's coming out. We don't have a price, which I, I think we talked about recently. I think it's going to be very price. expensive. Um, mm. And from what they showed today, there was, like, a Star Wars uh, MetaQuest game that they're redoing and, like, putting a polish on and putting on PlayStation VR 2. There's also, like, a, it was like a tabletop game or something like that. Yeah, the other one I missed entirely. It just kind of threw like as soon as I see VR, I'm like, I'm out. Like, I don't yeah. have it. I'm not going to get it. Um, yeah, it, it seems. And nothing, odd. nothing made me want to get it from today. More importantly, I Sorry. think that's the thing. It's such a a big buy-in to get this thing. Um, and when PlayStation VR One came out, it was like the cheaper option compared to what was on PC. It probably had the better games. It was like in your living room, so it was much more usable than tucked away behind your PC somewhere when people come over and they want to see it. Uh, and it was kind of a bit of a, a hype kind of fad thing at the time. And so now that that's passed, I don't really know that anyone's into VR in the same way. So it's it, it feels kind of like they're trying to make it happen in the same way that Nintendo went like Wii U. We're trying to make it happen again. Uh, now, Sony would do a better job because they, they haven't called this PlayStation VR U. They've called it PlayStation VR 2. So it's very clear that it's a new thing. Um, but yeah, it's just I'm not feeling it. Yeah, like the only game that kind of looks decent is that Horizon game, because you're like in the world. Kind of like I was, I was super excited for for PlayStation VR when I got to be Batman and be Spider Man and like go and do Star Trek Bridge Crew and like be part of that thing I wanted to be part of. Where like I don't have this huge hankering to be part of a tabletop game and. Like, yeah. I can go to Disneyland and, and probably get a, a better or equivalent Star Wars experience from what that Star Wars thing was. So, yeah, it, it has to be immersive and it has to be engaging. And for, like, what I think the cost is going to be, like, I just, I have no actual interest in it. Um, nor really do I have any interest in PlayStation Stars, which we learned scant new information about. But they showed the uh, digital collectibles, which are decidedly not NFTs, Ben. But okay, basically, look and seem to function like NFTs. What do you think about them? I don't care really. <laughs> I mean, so like it's yeah, like there's we already have trophies on PlayStation. That's my thing that I'm collecting there. I don't need anything else. Um, I don't mind rewards pl- programs, but I don't really follow them that much. Like I've got the Xbox One, and I occasionally get the rewards when I'm like, I'll do the daily challenge or whatever. But I'm not invested in it. Uh, probably same here like if it pops up and it's like do this thing that's really easy i'll probably do it but like i don't yeah i just don't care so if you get an ape escape in a snow globe you're not going to well we also don't know how these digital collectibles work yet like are are, are you going to log into no. whatever the new playstation home is and and go to your fake apartment and look at your mantle to see the the ape escape no. snow globe you have it, yeah, if, it gave, if it gave me points that i could use towards like extending my PlayStation Plus membership for free, which is essentially what Xbox Rewards does very slowly, uh, then I'd do that, maybe. Probably not, though. Like, it's not really worth all the time to save 10 bucks at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good on you if you like it. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, no, uh, no shade. Uh, a whole bunch of smaller things. Um, like, obviously, this is t- 
time for Tokyo Game Show, so there's a lot of Japanese focus, obviously. Um, we are getting Like a Dragon Ishin, which is one of the, I guess, few remaining Yakuza games or spin-offs spin-off. that yeah. we didn't get in the Western world. That's coming to us, which is good. Um, I'm, I've, I've started playing a lot of the Yakuza games and kind of just, like, they're not bad, but I just, there's a lot to do and they're a little bit quirkier for my taste and I fall off pretty quickly this one is a decidedly different slant you're basically just like mowing down people with a samurai sword and gun so i don't know like what do you what do you think of it yeah i'll give it a go i'm similar to you in that i think i played through yakuza 0 the whole way because i reviewed it otherwise i haven't really got into them but i do want to play yakuza like a dragon not to be confused with this like a dragon uh because that's the one which came out probably a couple years ago now i think it might be on both game pass and playstation plus extra Possibly yeah, not it was like a current-gen console launch title. Yeah, I've been, it's, it's in my group of backlogs, uh, which I need to play, and I probably can now because a little window of, of free time open. So, uh, yeah, I think they're good games. They're just, as you say, there's so many, and that's kind of the thing when you're starting with a new franchise. If you're getting into it now, because they often release so many, and I think just last month, like three or four games came to PlayStation Plus. Um, it's kind of like, where do you start? Do you start yeah. at the beginning? Probably not because it's like the oldest game. Or do you start at a more recent game, which is going to probably be a little bit better, a little more modern, easier to pick up. But then where do you go? Um, it's hard to get into sometimes. But they are good games, especially if you're into that type of thing. Um, and they're a bit different to the the Western style of this game. Like you've probably played an equivalent open-ish world game in that they're quite sm- they're actually quite small open world games, being Japanese. They're kind of linear, but they are kind of open, kind of street-based Um but yeah, they're definitely quirky. So be prepared to like be doing something super serious, chasing down a guy for money, and then be doing like karaoke in a maid outfit for some reason. Uh, that's Yakuza. And then look after 17 babies in a strip club or I don't know, whatever. Um, we're yeah. way running late. So I'm just going to like, we're speed rounding these unless you have anything important to say. The Rise of the Ronin uh, is from the same devs who made Neo. Uh, Project Eve, uh, which was announced a long time ago, is now called Stellar Blade. Uh, Sin Duality uh, is like a mech shooter from Bandai Namco. Like that one, well, they all kind of like still bled together, even if they're not the same kind of style of game. It's like barrage of like things that I'm not, I'm not really interested in. Um, Pacific Drive is a bit weird. It's like a roguelike, uh, like driving game, but like I don't know what yeah. to make of it yet. Um, from Ironwood Studios, who's like a bunch of ex devs from like Bungie and other developers that I forget the names of, but like some, some top tier studios. Um, what do you want to say about the PlayStation State of Play before we finish up? All of those ones you just mentioned, are, as you say, the ones that kind of bled together. That, like The trailers were so quick and so short together that I kind of lost track of what's what. But they, they all kind of fit Tokyo Game Show. I see why they announced them there, or they updated us on ones we already knew about there. Um, and yes, there's probably more variety than came across. So I think it's it was a good mix. Uh, kind of a few new announcements. A real focus on God of War is our big hitter game to come. Uh, and a few games out in Japan that are now coming to the West. So uh, not an astonishingly amazing show, but certainly one of their better state of plays, I think. I think they're getting better at it. Yeah. Well, and like Tokyo Game Show. So it, it delivered to the, the theme, really, which is good. Um, we'd be remiss. Like, we talked about the two big things, but like not too long ago, this last weekend, we had a, a Ubisoft forward slash Assassin's Creed showcase. And like there was other announcements. There's Skull and Bones, which like kind of, refuses to die um track me 
<laughs> Trackmania is coming to console. Uh, like there's other stuff, uh, the, the Division Heartland, the free to play thing. But like I think that the real big crux of the the Ubisoft show was here's like eight thousand Assassin's Creed things. Um, Weird. And yeah, and the tentpole I guess is, is is this year's Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is like, next year. Oh, sorry, next year. Sorry true um which is like the the next big assassin's creed but like the next big smaller assassin's creed it's rumored to be like around 15 to 20 hours and more like along a baseline path and less of an open world like crazy rpg uh which i'm happy about yeah yeah. uh well yeah with that and they also announced that it's going to be 50 us dollars as opposed to 60 or 70 which most games are which we only bring up because they've announced that they're Flagship games are going up to US, US dollar seventy, which is about one ten in Australia, unless you're Sony, where it's one twenty five. Yeah, it's it's the normal uh, equation, not the Sony equation. Yeah, but then so they they have kind of gone the other way too, and they've said, you know what, we're actually going to lower the price for this game, and we're we're not just going to have that one price for everything. So I think that's good. Um, in a way, probably they did that to offset the fact that almost all their other games, including Skull and Bones, are going up in price. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, I like that they're going back to roots. I think Assassin's Creed has gotten too bloated and too much going on. If you remember the older games, they were actually chapter-based and it was kind of more narrative-focused and you were actually an assassin. Um, and they did sometimes drag on a bit too long, but they, they're a lot more structured and streamlined in that way. So yeah. I'm glad to hear that. But then, as you say, then they said, and here's four other games which are coming out, which we won't go through all of them. <laughs> well, we um, can't, we kind of can because they're basically Assassin's Creed Infinity. Um, yeah. And that's the platform that's going to be like the giant open world RPG, like Odyssey and like Origins that we're coming to expect. Um, there's Red set in Japan. There's Hex, which is um, from Clint Hawking. And it, it's, it's rumored to be kind of like set during Witch Trials and has like a very like Blair Witch kind of like hex i guess it's the code name it has that kind of like a witch has put a hex on you and made a a, avatar of sticks and put it in the woods kind of thing um there's a mobile game which i don't care about but it's set in china that's great um and like it's uh, apart from the mobile game obviously it's all like coming from infinity which i'm confused about to be honest but we'll see how it goes yeah I think they've undone it somewhat because we've now had a three-year gap. We're going to have a three-year gap between Valhalla, which is massive, and Mirage, which sounds more streamlined and more like what I want, to be honest. And Red sounds like it's going back to Valhalla, like the big, giant RPG, because I just can't stay away from that entirely. Yeah. Um, but like they've given us a three-year gap for the first time ever, and then they've kind of said, but just so you know, one, Valhalla's getting even more DLC, and then we've got a million other games coming after this one. It's kind of like... We finally got that break that Assassin's Creed needed because I'm actually quite excited again to go back to a smaller back to basics game. Had a bit of a break from the series, but then they're like, you're not getting a break after this one. You got so many more coming. Um, just odd that they decided to announce all of them. And I get it. As you say, it's, it's to show that Infinity has some purpose and it's not just going to die straight away like most of those type of apps do. Yeah. Well, I just show shareholders because Ubisoft's yeah. kind of struggling. It's we, like, I, I didn't mind Origins, but I kind of dropped off it near the end like i just kind of had burnout and then odyssey just hit me in the best of actually that's not even true i played odyssey in pretty much the same way but then my husband started playing odyssey and i'm like oh that looks fun and i like got back into odyssey in a giant way and like finished the entire game got all the achievements got like really psyched for that thing went back to origins finished that like properly but like i've i've still not done that for valhalla it's just it's so much. much game and i just i can't possibly consider going to every question mark like i just i don't have it in me so 
it's a good game. Like I, a good I, balance. I mean, that's the type of game that I finished when I just reached the end of the main quest, and like I haven't done any DLC. I didn't do a bunch of side missions, but like that was still like forty hours or something, uh, and it was a good forty hours. It was the only current gen game I had at the time, like so it was worth playing. Um, but like, yeah, it's just it's draining, and so I'm glad to have had a break, and I'm really glad to know the next one's not going to be like that. It's going to be a different Assassin's Creed experience, more like what we used to have. Well, and like a single player kind of like narrative experience to some extent. Like that's I love Odyssey, but the the really annoying thing about Odyssey is that I picked the male character and now in Valhalla that's like oh well the female character was the canon one so like ha, you should have picked her it's like well like don't give me the option then just like make it a thing and tell you the story that you want to tell um but that's such a, a bugbear anyway uh we're going late man um how do we find you on the internet I am Ben underscore Salter on Twitter, and where do we find you? I'm S right AU on the internet. Uh, I'm going to be mm. in different versions of the internet. I, as we talked about last week, I'm going to Italy, uh, and like, let's just be fully out there. We tried to do a little bit of a, a dodge and recorded an episode, uh, which was supposed to come out when this one did, but obviously this is the big news. So uh, we we got back together really quickly. Uh, There's an episode coming out next week, which is still very topical, uh, which is obviously trying to pretend like I'm still around, but I'm not, but deal with it. Uh, And uh, you're not going to be alone, though. The next week following after that, we'll have another topic-based show, which will be really relevant for uh, PAX Australia, which is coming up very soon. So I'm leaving, but I'll still be in your ears. So sorry. We can never escape you. (laughs) So kind of you. Uh, Have a good one. We'll see you next time. See you next week.